Welcome to Gain That Tune. What's going on, everybody? It is Game That Tune back in the house once again. It is your boy John Harrington here back again. It's uh, also your boy John Regan. Say what's up. What's up? Funny how I forget to do forget how to do the intro after a week off. But every time I forget how to fucking do the cadence of the intro. We got you. We got Jesse Moore. Say what's up. What's up? And we've got David Fleming. Say hey. Hey, why Hell are you talking yeah, about guys. messing up the cadence of the intro and then like <laughs> stop the intro to talk about it? Yeah, no, that's that's the key. You gotta, you know, it, it breaks me of the habit. I gotta, you know, Inside fully baseball. break the intro in order to get the intro back on track in time to get you to say hey. So, David, uh, say hey. Hey. All right, everybody, it's Game That Tune back in the house once again after a short hiatus. It's uh, it's episode 176, and we're so happy to be back with you guys. If you're just joining us here on Game That Tune, what we're going to do is listen to video game music. We've each brought three songs from a game. We're going to try and guess each other's games based on the songs and a little bit of trivia. We're going to goof off and have a lot of fun, and the winner at the end of the night... Picks a theme for the next episode and plays some bonus tunes. And uh, Jesse Moore won last week's episode, and he's going to tell us what the theme is for this week's episode. So, Jesse, what's the theme well, first for... First off, I thought we were supposed to dress up. So, uh... Oh, shit. Uh, so yeah, as of this recording... I'm embarrassed. See, fuck all this <laughs> nonsense, man. It's not Halloween. I only dress up one night a year. Uh, oh, okay. What is David showing us? Oh, God. Uh, oh, I no. thought he was about to expose himself in some way. <laughs> which, he stood which, up towards the camera. <laughs> which segues into my theme, spooky games. <laughs> right. It's, any uh, you know, it's any game were. that's spooky, scary, perfect for the Halloween season. You know, your Castlevanias, your Resident Evils, whatever those Just games so- are. Stop spoiling things, Jesse. Oh, sorry. You can't just tell everybody that we've all selected Castlevania and Resident Evil for the show tonight. That makes the show less interesting. You ever try listening to a game show when you know all the answers already? It's uh, it's not as fun. Unless you're competing on the show, in which case you're Charles Nelson. If somebody on the show is Charles Nelson Riley, it's still fun. But otherwise, no. Or, or, uh, does that mean I have to do my Charles Nelson Riley the whole show? Yeah. Oh my God, please! No, yeah. no, David. Johnny has to do his Charles Nelson Riley the whole show. <laughs> Can we just play match game? <laughs> I'm waiting. Oh man! <laughs> Hello, darling. How's it going? I'm Charles Nelson Riley. This is about the best I can do of a Charles Nelson. Riley impression. I got that wave in my voice. That's about all I know off the top of my head. I I need cigarettes. Where's my cigarettes? You know, you move your glasses why does around? Charles Nelson Riley sound like Nathan Lane? I do want to say because it's a pretty basic impression. <laughs> we do clown on you a lot, but I feel like that was a pretty decent, you know, attempt. You did good, job. Having been put on the spot, yes, it was. It was a decent attempt by Johnny. And yes, his Charles well, Nelson Riley impression is quite spooky, so it is in keeping with the theme. 
Uh, well, thank so, you for yeah. the lovely compliments, you two. <laughs> I regret. I regret every bit of asking this. Uh, this is a big ask, and Johnny is not up to the task. <laughs> um, I, see, now so I want to yeah. do a Charles Nelson Riley imitation just to put Johnny to shame. All right. Nope. Uh, so you know, <laughs> we'll bring that up. Uh, we'll bring that up later. David's bound to work a Charles Nelson Riley impression into the show at some point. But yeah, so it's it's spooky games, games that don't involve Charles Nelson Riley in any way. I'm not sure how we got on that subject. Uh, uh, John, you don't know. Yeah, somebody so could easily you, somebody could easily have picked the All Dogs Go to Heaven game lidsville the that's game. true <laughs> yeah, jesus christ uh all the best ip <laughs> Charles Nelson Riley was made into uh, admittedly spooky games um but yeah so we got five great games we've got a fantastic fan request and yeah for uh, for all our live viewers this is your halloween show for all our podcast viewers this is uh it's a nice respite in the you know the midst of the onslaught of christmas so yeah, uh, in, enjoy uh, enjoy this spooky episode of Game That Tune. And Johnny, let's get it going, man. Let's start with Game 1. Game 1.
man, the soundtrack is so good. All right. Um, <clears throat> all right. This game was one of the first games to be given a rating by Sega's own video game rating council. In North America, the game was given an MA-13 rating by the council for its graphic violence and gore. Um, unlike its predecessors, it was not originally released in Europe, and the game was included as an unlockable extra in the 2010 remake. Let's see what those guesses, guys. Let's see. Johnny says Splatterhouse 3. Uh, David says Splatterhouse. And John says Splatterhouse 2. It's a Splatterhouse 3. Ah! Oh, wow, Johnny gotcha. On the board. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm pretty sure that's the only one on the second Genesis. Or I did think, two come out on Genesis? I, I think two, two definitely might be came out on Genesis. Genesis. Also. Oh, three's always the one I think of. I think it's Fire House on Genesis. It's just... See, I was stuck on the 2010 reboot of the original Splatterhouse. Oh, yeah. I didn't even That's... listen to that trivia. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> <laughs> well, not all of us had Sega Genesis's slash TurboGrafx's. <laughs> See, my, my key was I literally just Googled spooky Sega games. And uh, we had already used Decap Attack, and so the next couple entries were Splatterhouse 2 and 3. And I'm like, eh, probably Splatterhouse 2 then. <laughs> like, that makes sense. They made, you know, so many worthwhile sequels to Splatterhouse, right? Like, uh, what, a, what a series that should exist. That's a pretty good name for a, for a game series. I like it. Yes, Splatterhouse, I hardly know her house. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically the mask. 
Um, See, I don't like even know Jim, that. Like, like, uh, with Jim Carrey? It's basically, yeah. it's basically the no, mask the Eric if the mask, mask turned you into Jason Voorhees. Yeah. So, like, this dude finds this mask, and he puts it on, and it starts controlling him, and then he can, uh, he uses his uh, hate and stuff to become more powerful. Um, in this one, you're trying to save your girlfriend, and I think she dies no matter what. Maybe it's been I, like I played a little bit of it, but I haven't beat it in a long time. And uh, usually, in whenever I play, she ends up getting killed. And um, then you're supposed to like be like super upset, and like the mask is like, "Yes, Rick, use your hatred to get revenge." And then like you just go around killing all these like Cronenberg monsters. And um, it's like a really cool beat em up. Like, uh, I, I kind of prefer this one to the other Splatterhouse games. Because, um, like, it's more of a you can move up and down in the stage. It's like a like Devil Dragon or something, like, or Streets of Rage. But it, you're punching Cronenberg monsters. <laughs> and, I like um, it. I know in the, the third level of a boss, like, you get to the last room and there's just like a, like a bloody teddy bear laying on the ground. And then all of a sudden it like becomes like half like meat and flesh and then the rest is like teddy bear and it's like this weird looking fucking thing and it's very impressive on the Sega Genesis. Like like this game for being like all dark and gritty, it is it's got some really cool looking sprites and it's a good real good looking game. Um It can get pretty hard because the the enemies just start getting overwhelming. But um, it's a super fun, fun game if you just want to play something kind of spooky and punch weird monsters in the face. Oh, and, and whenever you're punching the monsters, they like get noticeable damage on them. So like you like punch a thing in the face too much and then part of its head is missing and there's like green ooze coming out. Dope. It's like some really cool effects. Yeah, man. I like it. I, I never played any of these, obviously. My parents... I mean, my mom thought Mortal Kombat was the devil, uh, <laughs> and I also didn't own a Genesis, so the point was moot. But uh, <laughs> yeah, this uh, this wouldn't have found its way into my house. <laughs> like, uh, not a chance, man. My mom was like, "Yeah, Mario, that's good." You know, uh, what about Killer Instinct? Mm-mm. It says Killer. It's the devil. Yeah, <laughs> that Mortal Kombat. I saw the news. The devil. So Spider House, <laughs> definitely the devil in that one. <laughs> like. <laughs> Uh, for the record, my mom is not one of those wacky, like, 80s religious fanatic people, but, you know, man, she uh, she really believed in evil coming through your video games. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I like, I like how you specify she wasn't, an, like, a crazy fanatic, but she did believe that evil came through video games. I, I mean, she wasn't, like, going on TV and explaining how, like, you know, there's idolatry all throughout Thundercats and shit, but, like, you know, she really didn't want violent video games in the house. So if something was Mortal Kombat or Killer Instinct, those were the two prime examples. Uh, yeah, those, uh, those didn't get a lot of play in our house. <laughs> I do like, John, that in order to be a fanatic, you have to go on TV. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, not gotta, on TV gotta, is fine. It, it's, you're not a fanatic if you prevent your kids from doing something. You're a fanatic if you go on TV and espouse all this insane bullshit and try and prevent other people's kids from doing shit. <laughs> yeah, you're a fanatic once other people's kids are involved. That, I, exactly. that makes sense. Yeah, I that mean, is it does. the fine line between fanatic and crackpot. <laughs> yeah. 
And I mean, that, you know, so that's that's the thing. I would go over to my buddy Alex's house, who had the Genesis, and you know, we would play our Mortal Kombat's and our Eternal Champions. No, you know, we didn't have Splatterhouse though. I mean, come on, like this came out when we were seven years old. So, uh, no, you know, his parents were just reasonable people who were like, eh, you know. We don't really give a shit about this, but we're not going to buy this. <laughs> that, this just wasn't on our radars. I'm, I'm glad it's a thing that exists. But, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't really on the uh, the Genesis radar in my lifetime. <laughs> it was rated MA-13. I forgot about that whole Which, Sega Genesis rating system that they had for a while. I never even knew about it. They, they decided oh, yeah. to beat out the... They decided to, like, forego the ESRB and be like, fine, we'll rate our own shit. Basically. Sonic... M NC seventeen too damn sexy. <laughs> That's only yeah. after they saw the deviant arts. Exactly. I was gonna say they once he <laughs> knocked up Goku, NC seventeen. Uh, I, I like the idea that Sega invented deviant art in order to invent the NC seventeen rating for their own games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> behind the behind the scenes doing everything Sonic related. Great, spin up all the controversy themselves. It's mm. all after. Mm. Yep. Uh, but no, I didn't know they had their own rating agency. But I mean, yeah, yeah they it's had, a good try. Yeah, they had GA. I think was general audiences. I remember ME13. I don't. There was something in the middle, but man, I don't remember. What, was it T or is that ESRB? Is T for teen? T for teen is ESRB. Yes. I, I remember okay. the only no. things I remember that changed over time. ESRB rating used to be KA for kids to adults. And it's like, well, that's a nonsense rating. It's like, how about E for everyone? Actually, yeah, that makes much more sense instead of. For kids to adults, because, like, you know, Elmo's number adventure, adults don't want to play that. It's appropriate for them to play it, but, like, they don't want to, so. Oh, I guess Sega's went from MA-13 to MA-17. That, that was it. GA, MA-13, MA-17. Mm-hmm. I was just saying, I'm glad that there was something S. in between. <laughs> I was glad there's something in between, because I love the idea of a rating board that's either everyone or NC-17. Yes. Nothing in between. Right. Or everyone and then only people over 13. Like, that's some great cutoff. Like, eh, yeah. anybody over 13 can handle Splatterhouse 3. <laughs> like, yeah, they're men now. <laughs> yeah, hold on now. <laughs> can we now? <laughs> it's like, Jesus. at your bar mitzvah, you get a copy of Splatterhouse 3. <laughs> like, you become a man. Finish, finish reading the Torah. <laughs> just Splatterhouse 3. <laughs> I think that's what happened. My friend Alex was Jewish, and I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened. So, uh, you know, it's just part of uh, being a Jewish a Genesis owner. These things happen. They give you Splatterhouse 3. Um, so, Jesse, have you ever beaten this? Have you gotten the, uh, the various endings or whatever from, like, who you save and who you rescue? I haven't got that far. I think I've gotten to, like, the fourth stage. Word. And it just gets really rough from there. Yeah. I was reading about it. They say, you know, you got the bad ending where you don't save anybody. <laughs> and it just <laughs> makes fun of you basically for being all alone. Uh, but then, you know, there's an ending if you save Jennifer, but don't rescue David. And then you save David, but don't rescue Jennifer. And then there's the good ending where, you know, everybody's fine. It's like, uh... What does it say? Yeah. Oh, he you know he destroys the mask, and he he goes home with his family. I'm like, that's the good ending in Spider House Three. Like, <laughs> you know, you want the. I thought you know if if you play Spider House Three, are you angling for a happy ending or a fucking twisted ending? <laughs> like, yeah, like you know, quote unquote good oh. ending where everyone survives and Rick goes home a family man. You know, like is that really the good ending? I, I I challenge on that. I feel like I mean, if if he's been going through three games of just 
murder and death all the time. Maybe after all that, you want to go home and not see a bunch of Cronenberg monsters. True. But maybe you do. Go home and be a family yeah. man. Yeah. Like, think Add of, Rick like, to Street Fighter. like, Infinity War, when, when Iron Man was like, I get to fucking be home with my kids. Fuck all this cool, like, flight monsters and shit. Right. I mean, that would have been the good ending for, like, Spider-House 2. And in Spider-House 3, the good ending, I think, would have been Rick fucking, uh, you know, making the sacrifice play. (laughs) The infinity machete. Yeah, you either, you know, like, you have to save, like, both the people and sacrifice your life against Spider-House Thanos, and then you get the good ending. (laughs) You know, otherwise, eh, you just kind of blew your, you know, you you wasted it, but I, I don't know, like... It's just if if you're gonna make a twisted game, I feel like the good ending shouldn't be everybody lived happily ever after. Like <laughs> no, nobody's yeah. playing that game to save Rick. <laughs> like I love the idea of like you know you're playing a terrible, horrible game about punching giant monsters. I don't want there to be happiness in this world. Not really. Like, That's no, I'm not trying to save people. I mean, like, what's the good ending to Mad World? Like, yeah, like these games that are like deliberately twisted. Like, you know, do they need to have an ending where it's like, and and you know, he got the girl and lived happily ever after? Like, nah, they don't, right? Like, you know, or maybe they do need that ending, but that's the bad ending. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying. I think Rick, you know, in Spider House, he should save. You know, the the family or whatever, and then they're like, "Come on, Rick, let's go walk into the rainbow," and he's like. Nah, you know it's like it's like the Hurt Locker. He just has to go back. He's like, he, he tries just stabs to stab them both. Yeah, or you know, he lets them go. And there's like a, a brief cut scene of Rick shopping in the grocery store and like just getting kind of antsy. And the next thing you know, he's just like back there stabbing Cronenberg monsters. Like, he splatter houses <laughs> the rainbow is what he does. Exactly. Uh, and then you know the end. Dot 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 question mark. No, of course it's not the end. Spider-House 4, uh, coming in 1995. Rick Return is Splatterhouse 4. Where he takes on leprechauns. Ooh, see? Yeah, you know, possibilities are endless. Yeah, St. Patrick's Day. I'm just saying, oh God, Splatterhouse 4, St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) We need need to lead up to the Splatvengers. And then eventually cross into Splatoon. I mean... Yeah! (laughs) He just goes and kills all those squid kids. <laughs> Let's see what color ink comes out of you. Stabs. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Man, there's a lot of this stuff everywhere. <laughs> oh, well. Splat, splat, splat. Um, that's his catchphrase, I right? Love... Splat, splat, splat. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love the idea of some inkling talking to him. It's like, so, you know, what gear do you run? You know, I got myself the splat doolies. Pretty good. You know, lets me dodge everything. What do you got? I have a machete. There's a machete. And I have an... Okay. And no. I'm being possessed by an evil mask. Oh, cool. I got, like, this uh, this bucket hat. Um, <laughs> it's uh, It gives me, like, plus one uh, respawn time. It's uh, It's pretty cool. So uh, what kind of cool. gear you what kind of gear you run with? Rick just like stabs him. <laughs> Conversation <laughs> over. Like how good fuck. Uh, I'm just curious, what kind of shoes you wearing? Shing. <laughs> what kind of shoes you wearing? Yours. <laughs> <laughs> Your shoes, motherfucker. Give me those. <laughs> I said, get those motherfucking shoes off. I'm planting the fucking flag. Anyway, uh, Splatterhouse three. 
A fantastic <laughs> game that definitely needs to cross over with Splatoon at some point. Yes. Uh, you know, God, the Splatoon cross Splatterhouse series, that seems like it'd be good. Like, you know, the Squid Kids could be inking up the walls and going all over. It, it all takes place in one house also, right, Jesse? It's, Usually, you know, yeah. You, you fill the house with ink and then kill all the Squid Kids. You could, like, uh, like take one of those... Uh, the rollers, the big rollers, and just beat them to death with it. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> I was going to say, I love the idea of, like, you've filled up your meter. You have your special weapon. You have a two-by-four. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it would be good. Yeah, Splatoon beat em up or Splatterhouse you know, costumes for Splatoon. One or the other needs to happen. Jesse, anything else on Splatterhouse 3? No, it's just it's a great game. If you can... Uh, figure out how to borrow it or rent it you should definitely do that or get it in some kind of 2010 uh, as like a bonus game in the 2010 remake oh yeah 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 uh, I think you can um, it's totally a game I mean, that we all un- haven't played <laughs> it's unlockable <laughs> yeah exactly head over to your playstation 3 eShop and download that splatter house and uh, you got everything you need it's, it's still up and going so yeah. Um, anyway awesome man great pick great fucking tunes And, uh, Johnny, let's keep it going, man. Game 2.
All right, so this is the second game in a spin-off series. It serves as a prequel to the first game of said spin-off series. some answers I'm going to change my answer if my first answer was right I'm going to be pissed okay alright let's see Jesse says Kid Dracula and David says Kid Dracula which is incorrect John says Gargoyles Quest 2 which is correct this is Gargoyles Quest II The Demon Darkness for the NES, a sequel to the Game Boy game released uh, a year or two before this. This came out on the Nintendo in 1992. Impressive. I didn't realize there was a Gargoyles Quest on the Nintendo. It took a little Googling. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, like, it's not Demon's Crest. But, you know, I, I thought for a second there was Game Boy music, and I was like, Gargoyles Quest was on the goddamn Game Boy. It's like, there was a Gargoyles Quest 2 on NES? Like, <laughs> yes, no there was. Well, well, well. You know, man, and from the look of it, they actually uh, did their homework this time. I, I seem to remember the Game Boy cover having a green firebrand on it, which is just nonsense. Well, he's green on the Game Boy, right? So that kind of makes sense, but, uh, you know. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, you know, still when he's when he's made to be green against a colorful background for a piece of box art, it's like, wait, who am I playing as? The, there's no green Aramur. This is nonsense. Uh, but yeah, no. So you know, the red Aramur is back. The firebrand. The uh, you know the the greatest character in the history of uh, video games. Uh, arguably one of uh, gaming's greatest little stinkers. I, I mean, you know. I think so. A little stinker to this yeah. guy. He flies around and he cackles at things and he blows fireballs and shit. He's just, you know, I mean, he's just, just a say, little stinker. I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily call, you know, the Red Armor one of gaming's greatest stinkers. I think I would little call stinkers. him one of gaming's most tremendous assholes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John, your yeah. description's got me thinking of like a Capcom, or I'm sorry, like a Ghosts and Goblins Wacky Races kind of situation. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, where, I'm, I, yeah, I'm picturing. For some reason, I always put Firebrand in the same category as Muttley. Like, <laughs> he's just he's a little, <laughs> little cackling fucking demon guy. <laughs> like, That's what we need. Oh my god, we need to like 
Who's our contact at Capcom? We need a Capcom <laughs> kart racing game. <laughs> One of the carts is driven by Arthur and Firebrand, and Firebrand is just the muttly to Arthur's dick dastardly. Dude, yeah, a Capcom double dash. <laughs> like, just team <laughs> Capcom racing, and yeah, it's Arthur and the Firebrand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Firebrand mostly just is there to clown on other people. Oh and, my god. Yeah, throw the occasional fireball. <laughs> like, I think it's a great idea. Oh man, Bowser Car is basically Hagar. Oh god, there's some options here. Oh my god. Mm. <laughs> it's Hagar driving like a badass pickup truck and Cody just in the back throwing knives at people. Yeah. Like, I'd be into that. <laughs> you mm. could have like a Chun Li rickshaw. Oh, but who's her partner? I, f you know, my gut instinct, my first thought was Ryu, but then thinking about it, it's like, no, it's got to be Chun Li and Cammy. Yes. Oh god. Chun <laughs> See, but then, then the rickshaw makes no sense because it seems like they should be driving like a like an AN like enforcement vehicle or something. <laughs> Chun Li and movie Chun Li. That's who her partner is. <laughs> <laughs> Just Chun Li and Ming Na Wen. <laughs> that sounds cool. Oh god. Her horn is the sound of Raul Julia saying. For me, it was Tuesday. <laughs> oh, I would love that. The whole game is just movie versions of Capcom characters. <laughs> uh, of which there are many. <laughs> so, More so Arthur? <laughs> yes. The, you know, the, the men. Am I the only one that saw the Ghosts and Goblins movie? And did I make it up? <laughs> I, I, I tried. It. I tried to watch it, but I bumped into something and my clothes went everywhere, and I was like, oh, I'm not doing this. Wait, that yeah, movie wasn't my... just a, a fever dream? I thought that's what that was. Yeah, my weed wore off, and I realized I was watching Van Helsing, and I wanted to kill myself. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not sure where those boxer shorts came from. Yeah, I don't like any of this. Why, <laughs> Why am I naked? <laughs> Somebody give me some boxer shorts. <laughs> I do love the idea of playing a Capcom game where you can only play as Capcom movie characters, so you can play as Ming-Na Chun-Li, Kristen Krook Chun-Li, and then just Mila Jovovich. Yes. Uh, not as any character, just Mila Jovovich. Right, and she is her own character. She is not in the games. Uh, and you can play as that lousy-ass Wesker, that janky-ass Wesker. Um, <laughs> and uh, what's his name from American Pie playing Charlie Nash? <laughs> And you can play as, but in Jason fairness, Biggs? you can play. Uh, no, the bigger guy. Um, oh. Stifler. Eugene no. Levy? <laughs> yes, Eugene <laughs> Levy. Please, Eugene Levy as Nash. Sean is Boom. Now, Guile, <laughs> we're just going to tell your mother that uh, we did all the Sonic Booms. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, what game were we talking about? Uh, we're talking about how you can play in this uh, Double Dash game of Capcom movie games. You can play as two uh, two different skins of M. Bison driving the same car. You can play as Raul Julia, and you can play as Neil McDonough driving in you know, the Bison Mobile. And uh, it'd be great. But anyway, no, we're talking about Gargoyles Quest 2 for the NES, a game that Johnny oh. has surely played and is prepared to talk about at length and didn't let us just get off on that tangent. It's very spooky, and um, <laughs> you play as a, a gargoyle, and you go on a quest. I believe yeah. he's quests. from the ghost. I believe he's from the Ghosts and Goblins series. 
I was looking at the fact. <laughs> I was looking at Ghost Goblins. God damn it, Johnny! The fact that you brought up a Gargoyles Quest game and don't know if there's a connection to Ghosts and Goblins. <laughs> No, Despite I'm, us literally just talking about various connections for the last five minutes. <laughs> no, I was looking up Ghost of Goblins. I was like, no, fuck this series. I'm going with Gargoyle's Quest because, like, I, I hate Ghosts and Goblins. Gargoyle's Quest is not so bad. Everybody hates Ghosts and Goblins. It's the shittiest game ever. Yeah. It really uh, is. Th those are strong words. Now, one thing I found oh, yeah, interesting I mean, about Gargoyle's The shittiest game ever is strong words, but the game is not fun. Like, I period, point blank. Yeah, okay, yeah. Jesse, uh, not a hot take, just a spooky take. I was gonna say, are we gonna get a hot take on that? No? Okay. No. No. <laughs> hot Do I have a take. Thing? Now it seems forced. <laughs> hot take. No hot take is forced, Jesse. No, so... Okay. Anyways... <laughs> No, so it's 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 a light RPG slash action game. It's RPG in the sense that like you get powered up as you do things, but that's really about it. Like it's not much in terms of like forming a party or anything like that or equipping weapons. Um, you know, you just get new, you get some new skills and you get the ability to like have your flight last longer, things like that. Um, interestingly, this game was remade for the Game Boy. And, like, the Game Boy version has enhancements over the NES version, which I find fascinating. So I'm, tip I'm used to the Game Boy versions being kind of the shittier version of the game, but apparently the Game Boy version of this is the better of the two. So I'm sorry, they made a Game Boy spin-off of Ghosts and Goblins, mm -hmm. made an NES sequel, yes. and then they made a Game Boy remake of said NES sequel. Yes. That's huh. exactly it. I mean, to be fair, it is Capcom, and Capcom does love their remake sequels and money. Let's so. not forget NES game in 1992. That was a bold choice. Yeah. Was it really? Because, like, Mega Man 6 was released in, I think, like, 94 or something. And Capcom was all about those late NES games, man. Mighty Final Fight came out pretty goddamn late. They were all about cashing in with some D-makes on the NES. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing like the board meeting that you know they're like you know okay we need something else to fill that you know that October gap in 1992 what do we what do we got Capcom board it's like you know well you know we just released that Game Boy Gargoyles Quest we could probably just kind of scale the bits from four to eight call it Gargoyles Quest two uh, you know everybody's you know, kind of looking around and the CEO of Capcom turns around and you know it's a big high back chair and he turns around and it's just the firebrand. And he's just like, <laughs> 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 and, and that's why they release Gargoyles Quest Two. He just flies off and publishes his own game. <laughs> oh, I mean, the boss we could says do, we could possibly do this. What do you think? <laughs> you make a compelling argument, sir. Yeah, thank Publish you, sir. Your, you know, we, as always, your leadership is appreciated. He <laughs> flies off and shoots someone with a fireball. Uh, Did anyone else think it was weird that we had six office chairs and then a s throne made of skulls? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just came in last Tuesday. Boy, Why are we all in our underwear? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were having a board meeting. Where where are my clothes? This, this Did Friday's you touch gotten, the boss? <laughs> Friday's gotten way too casual, guys. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Undercover boss? No thank you. Undercover firebrand boss. That's, uh, that's, the, <laughs> that's the show I want. <laughs> I try to dress up a gargoyle to look like a regular person. <laughs> like a fast like food worker. I'm <laughs> like, they like come in, they're like, all right, uh, the CEO is coming in. And he needs to believe that you don't think it's him. <laughs> uh, it's just the firebrand with a mustache. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I, love the, I love the idea. It's like, okay, the CEO is going to come in, but you're not going to know it's him. By the way, we have three new hires. Here's Jenny, here's Philip, and here's Firebrand. <laughs> He's just like Firebrand wearing a hat. Blue oh. Aramur. Oh, Blue nice guy. to you. <laughs> This new guy really sucks. He keeps setting everything on fire. <laughs> I told you to work the drive-thru and he just started a fire. <laughs> fire <laughs> He was like named Fire Guy. <laughs> uh, I'm now determined to do my awful firebrand laugh as many times as possible in this episode. So Johnny, anything else on Gargoyles Quest 2, a game that again, you've surely played. All I have to say is <laughs> I think we should edit, like, your firebrand laugh and add it to the soundboard. Uh, yeah, we should have really prepared a spooky soundboard for this show, but hey, uh, Whoops. you know, live and learn. We'll, uh, we'll be back for the next spooky episode with a soundboard of nothing but me and John doing firebrand laughs. That's exactly <laughs> what we're asking for. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's keep it going, guys. Game three.
so this game is a uh, is the third game in the series, and it was on a compilation of Com- Capcom's Generations. Oh, I can't name that because I'll give it away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Oh, hey, this. <laughs> Let me see those answers. Let's get this over with. We got a... Looks like a hat trick with super ghouls and ghosts. This was our fan request from um, Daniel. And, uh... Oh, boy. Um, I think it's our fan request from... I think it's our fan request from everybody this week. Like, yeah. So, okay, I first of all, um, I ended with that song, which was the easy song, because I wanted some semblance of this game to be easy. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'll start with the good. Um, it's pretty, and the music is stellar. And um, boxer shorts. Oh, yeah, boxer shorts. Cheeky. Okay. And otherwise, this game is fucking 
infuriating. <laughs> like, I have, I have tried so many times to sit there and just try, try, and try to get anywhere in this fucking game. And it's just, I can't do it. Now, maybe I'm just the worst gamer ever. Or maybe this game is just a fucking dumpster fire. Like, it is not fun. I've played every version of this, and it is just so difficult. And not in a fun way. It's like, if if you, you have you ever, like, went to, like, a, an adult website and looked at those videos where the women wear uh, high heels and step on dudes' testicles? <laughs> that I have not. Super, that is what <laughs> Super Ghouls and Ghosts is. I want to go on record. I've not gone to those websites. Uh, I mean, I understand the pain involved. I am a man with testicles, after all. But, uh, no, I've not been to those websites. Uh, and I've met, and to, you know, a only slighter, you know, greater degree, have I exposed myself to super ghouls and ghosts. Like, this game's not that fun. Like, why do they keep putting this on things that people want to play? Like, here's the Super NES Classic. Here's super ghouls and ghosts. It's like, you know, okay. with, with 24 other games to play... That's real bottom on the list of games that I'm going to play on a like SNES Classic. It's like, here's your SNES Switch library. It's like, man, you think I'm going to play Super Girls and Ghosts when I could play uh, a Stone Cold Bullshit Classic like Brawl Brothers instead? Like, mm, you know, huh. check yourself, Ghouls and Ghosts. Now, now, I, now David is about to unload some I was going to say, David's but, making some but, sour faces. <laughs> but I'd yeah. like to preface this by saying... David is probably one of the best gamers I know. Like, yeah. there's like a, a top three of my friends, and David is like one or two. So just keep in mind that he has very, very, as the kids say, mad skills yes. when it comes to video games. He so good. he talks about how this game is an absolute delight, and it's just this whimsical world in this spooky land, and how, oh, you just gotta time your button presses and watch those, you know, uh, <clears throat> animations for per second and, and all this yeah, MLG Analyze your bullshit. frame data and shit. You know, before David jumps in with his information, I really just want to remind everybody that David does go to websites in which women step on men's testicles <laughs> with high heels. And also that David needs to begin this hot take with a firebrand laugh. Go. Okay, one. It's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. Two, John me thinks you doth protest too much about websites and women step on testicles with high heels. No, sir. <laughs> really, Three, really making that clear. Jesse, I am flattered, but no. And finally, I come to my main point. Four, so Ghost and Goblins on the NES is a bullshit kick-you-in-the-dick game that is not enjoyable because it is so difficult. Super Ghouls and Ghosts on the Super Nintendo is better? And the fact that I have to make that statement as a question kind of makes me, like, surprised? Because I thought Super Ghouls and I thought people liked this game. Like, it is hard, but it is challenging in a kind of fair way. Like... It reminds me of the original Castlevania, where you just kind of have to, like, take your time and, like, watch things. Boo. And the only reason I say this, I, I, I do like, not uh, consider... Frames per I, second? 
<laughs> I do not consider myself like a hardcore like MLG type person. Yes. Trust me. I downloaded Skullgirls on Switch. I started playing it. I forgot how much bullshit Marie was. Like, I am not the best player in the world, but I have ne- I played Super Ghouls and Ghosts Dude. on Super Nintendo Classic on the Switch. After like two or three times, I got to stage two. I don't know that I've ever gotten to stage two in Ghosts and Goblins. So mm-hmm. like. Super Ghouls and Ghosts like, is apparently a little bit better. I mean, I know that you can get... For one, you can get power-ups. If you get hit and lose your armor, you can get your armor back. Couldn't do that in Ghosts and Goblins, at least as far as I'm aware. Like True. This game, like, yeah, it's challenging. It's tough. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, it's a cakewalk and the easiest game on Super Nintendo. It's not, but... I found it enjoyable. I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun in kind of a, like, finally I accomplished something way. Not in, like, a Kirby way, but I don't know. Like, the game is challenging, but not impossible. Johnny, I'm glad that David was able to say all this. That's given you time to decrypt his uh, hidden internet files, yes? Yeah, so I have a couple questions. Question one. What exactly is a cakewalk? I've never been on one, and it sounds delicious God. and fun. <laughs> is it like my a joke. cake fart? A cakewalk <laughs> is the easiest game at any carnival, John. You give a few <laughs> tickets, you walk around a circle. If you land on a number, you win a literal cake. <laughs> that sounds awesome. It's oh, the that's best. A real thing. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. Yeah, it's real so good, man. Wow. El- elementary school. Me and my sister were at the fall festival, and we did the cakewalk like five times and won three cakes. <laughs> and my parents were pissed because they had to carry a bunch of cakes home. It was. I dope. make my, I make my own cakewalks like literally every day. I come home and I walk Ripley and eat cake while I do so. It's right. great. Yeah. But no, so David is really being too humble about the MLG thing, because I've seen David, like, he beats the Turbo Tunnel for fun when he's kind of bored. Like, I don't have anything else to do, I'm just going to beat the Turbo Tunnel, and then he goes and does it. So, like, David, David, I think... Is this game that dude canon now? Because canon David is so much better than real David. No, 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 fuck that. But David is... I've seen David get more determined looks, and, like, really, you know... I've seen David get serious on more things than I've seen the rest of us get serious on. Uh, He's not turbo tunnel casual level, but... Uh, you know, I, I know David is willing to just kind of, you know, settle in, you know, and just kind of relax his butthole a little bit and just <laughs> let the game do its thing in the name of just having a good time. And, you know, you just kind of you know, grit your teeth a little bit and get through it. And that's that's the name of David's game. And it's fine. It's just not the kind of I mean, game I, I want to play. <laughs> I feel like I mean I want to argue with you, but where's the lie? I know. I'm just saying it's it's a it's a difference in just you know physiological philosophy on playing old school games. Like you know I you know I tend to avoid that kind of grind. And David, he's more like hey you know I can kind of ride it. Like I can ride this out, and he does, and, and I respect it because I can't do it. I get so fucking frustrated and it stings, and I just I gotta give up. Like, yeah, I gotta just take a break. So, you know, I go back to my my filthy casual games. But David, he'll, he'll really give it the old college try. You know, he was in college experimenting and, you know, decided he liked a few things. And 
Hard Games was one of them. <laughs> hard Games in the ass. <laughs> I've never gotten Johnny crying to the point that he needs to take off his glasses before. <laughs> this is, uh... So it must be a cogent analogy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> anyway. What's wrong with us? I'm nothing bad. Oh, I, I, thought it was, I thought it was a good analogy. <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm really not clowning on David. I'm just, I'm, I'm making the point. Like, are you sure? Cause it kind of sounds like it. No, he's especially good at platformers. Yeah. But I'm just saying some people are willing to, you know, f submit themselves to the grind of a game like this. And other people are like, you know what? Fuck this. And I'm one of those people. Like there's, you know, there's gotta be something, you know, something else besides the grind for me to stay that, you know, stay engaged with the game. And, you know, ghouls and ghosts, ghosts and goblins, whatever the fuck this is, you know, yeah, I never made it past level one. I never made it past, like, a fucking, you know, I don't know, one single game over. It's like, oh, yeah, no, I, I'm good on this. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you credit, man. I'm doing it in a filthy manner, but I'm, I'm giving you a little bit of credit. <laughs> Saying I respect the hustle. Whew. So yeah, that's my hot take. Super Ghouls and Ghosts, not as bad as Ghosts and Goblins. Johnny, you gonna play a sound for Game that? four. Oh, <laughs> uh... <laughs> fuck the thing. Hot take. Sorry, I'm... <laughs> I was surprised because I thought like, oh yeah, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, part of the Ghosts and Goblins. Like, this is one of Capcom's most beloved friends. See, no. even as I'm saying That's that, what they think. Jesse and John are sitting there shaking their no, heads no that, and giving me dirty looks. That's what's so weird, is that they think this is one of their beloved series, and it's like, no, no one loves this. They do it, but it hurts. They put up with it, because, you know, they love games. But, you know, it's not the kind of game you love. Like, it's, you know, I mean... If it was, there'd be more of them. Where are the Ghouls and Ghosts, Ghosts and Goblins sequels? When's the last one? Maximo! I was just saying, the last one was probably Maximo? Uh, yeah. So what, 17 years ago? <laughs> yeah, I really don't understand why this... Like, there's only so many games on the SNES Classic. Like, let's take a point... Like, those, so, those slots are valuable. It shouldn't have a spot! <laughs> it shouldn't be yeah, on there. It should be something that's a little more approachable. Something like, yes. fun. <laughs> yeah, I like fun. That's really the point of it. It's, you know, I like games that are fun. And I'll submit to the grind when it's in the service of fun, but I've yet to find the fun in Ghosts and Goblins, Ghouls and Ghosts, whatever the series is. I, you know, I refuse to acknowledge Let's, which one it actually is. This and Contra 3 just could go fuck off. Now, okay, now, see, that's the problem. I actually fucking love Contra 3. So, like, at, yeah. at least you can play two-player. Exactly. I love the grind, and I love the two-player, and Contra 3 is a classic. Get drunk and make it to level three game? Like, Maybe. Any further, and you were using the game genie, and don't tell me otherwise, because that shit is crazy. Uh, so, anyway, let's all get so together, guess... bust out our game genie, and get really drunk and play Ghouls and Ghosts together. I think we should. I was going to say, so I guess my like final thoughts before we move on, just based on everything that I've heard from you guys, is um, I guess I'm just better than all of you. Yes, that's what we've been saying. Yeah, that's what we were saying the whole show. time. This is yeah, even dude. a heel turn. We were yeah. saying this. <laughs> Absurdity King. Like, God damn it, fuck? David. Two times. <laughs> yeah. David two times. Yeah. yeah. Two time David. at David. David fucking Fleming. Yeah. 
God, uh. Jockstrap King. Game <sighs> four. <laughs>
All right, guys. So in addition to her acclaimed performance as the lead character of this game, this game's uh, lead voice actor also provided her talents to such games as The Wolf Among Us, Tales from the Borderlands, and The Walking Dead Season 1. How you guys feeling? I'm sorry, can you do that trivia one more time? Uh, in addition to her acclaimed vocal performance as the lead character of this game, this game's lead actress has also provided her voice to uh, games such as The Wolf Among Us, Tales from the Borderlands, and The Walking Dead Season 1. I want to see it. Yes, yes, John. Let me see it. Johnny has drawn a decidedly non-spooky penis. Uh, Self-portrait, John, or just uh, the ghost penis? Okay, yeah. See, it doesn't really look all that or, ghostly, but I or chalk outline of a penis that was right. murdered. Uh, so Johnny says uh, chalk outline of a murdered penis, which is sadly incorrect. Jesse says deadly premonition, which is incorrect. And David is very much on the right track with his answer of Firewatch starring Aaron Yvette as the lead character. But that is sadly incorrect. David, do you have a second guess that gets you no points? Fortnite? No, this game is oxen free. Is that starring hey, uh, Aaron Yvette? Yes, it is. <laughs> it is starring Aaron Yvette. Okay. Yeah, that's that's why I was like, oh, you clearly have a list of games starring Aaron Yvette pulled up, uh, or you're just racking your voice actor trivia brain. 
and uh, came up with uh, Firewatch. Uh, but no, she is. Uh, she plays the lead character in Oxenfree, uh, an interesting little game that I feel like I was tricked into buying on the Switch eShop by virtue of it being on sale a while back. Has anyone even caught a whiff Damn of this Damn you, one? capitalism. Yeah. Curse you. You convince me to spend $3. Tell me a game's critically acclaimed. How dare you, quite frankly. Um... Uh, yeah. Does this game ring any bells for anybody? Did anybody even know this name? You know, I feel like that's a no, David I've, and Jesse question. I've heard of it, but I've yeah. never played it. I, I don't know what I thought this game was, because I downloaded it somewhat excitedly back when, like, the Switch launched and the eShop came out. I'm like, all right, yeah, you know, I'll bite on Oxenfree, and it got pushed to the wayside, because, you know, I got deep into Breath of the Wild and then uh, Splatoon and Mario Galaxy, and this just fell by the wayside in my Switch downloadable games. And I was like, you know, I should boot that game back up, because we're doing a spooky games episode, and I'm pretty sure that's a spooky game. And you know, it is. It's kind of cool. I don't know if I recommend it, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, man. It's, you know, th the main reason I don't recommend it, you know, in no way real similar to our discussion of ghouls and ghosts. Like, I like the grind when it's done in service of having like fun or like an enjoyable game. This is the other way around. There's no gameplay in this game to really Ooh. speak of. I just, so I'm not really having fun. <laughs> like it's, uh, you know, so you're, you play as a girl named Alex and you and your friends are going to a forbidden island, uh, like an old military installation off the coast of Oregon or Washington or some such place. And, uh, you guys go there, I guess, to drink and hang out at the beach and what have yous. And the, the all the gameplay in this game is just dialogue trees, and you can pull up a radio and tune it and hear little radio broadcasts and strange frequencies and things like that. And that's kind of it. And I thought maybe there was something else to this game. I don't remember how I was told to download this game or how I heard this was like acclaimed or anything and I think the story is acclaimed it's like a cool story with multiple branching endings and things but uh there's just not much gameplay here like you're exploring the island and you're looking for your friends you know you and your friends go and something happens I, how, much, how much should I spoil this game came out in 2016 how safe is it to spoil like the preliminary events like the you know the stuff you get Stuff you get out of the way in like the first hour, like Honestly, yeah, do it. If you don't beat the game in forty-eight hours, you deserve to get it spoiled for you. John, I don't have forty-eight hours to stream together to play this game. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean forty-eight hours of it coming out. That's oh, all you got. <laughs> <laughs> Stay out of game that too. It's spoiler country. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Uh, when you first start the game, you're playing as Alex, and you're there with your new stepbrother, Jonas, a friend of yours named Ren, who's like the goofball, and then the couple of girls, Clarissa and Nona, and, you know, through the dialogue options, you start to explore kind of, you know, the nature of all the relationships. Clarissa is actually Alex's, uh, Alex's is, hmm? Does she explain a lot of things? No, that's the thing. Clarissa doesn't explain shit. She's kind of one of the big problems in this game, quite frankly. Uh, you know, there, you know, this island's got a lot of splaining to do, and Clarissa doesn't get to it, man. She, uh, you know, she's a mess. 
But she used to be dating your brother, and your brother is dead. And now you've got, you know, your parents have remarried, and you've got a new stepbrother who you're hanging out with on this island. And uh, you get to the island, and you go in the caves, and you're exploring these, like, beautiful dripping caves. But, like, there's, you know, there's, like, a rumor that there's, like, radio anomalies and whatnot. And so you start tuning that little radio they got with you, and you tune it, and some shit happens. Like, uh, you know... Uh, I don't. I, I haven't beaten the game yet, but from what I can tell, it's either involving like dimensional shit, or like looping time, or both, uh, and possibly like ghosts. Uh, and so then you know all your friends get scattered to different parts of the island. You got to find them and you know uh, decide what to do and solve the mysteries of the island. It's it's cool. It's it's got like a you know like a cool vibe to it. It's got cool music. I love the fucking synthiness of it. It's very 80s, very strange. But there's just not a whole lot of gameplay on the, you know, on the game. So, you know, it, it really depends on how much you're invested in the story. And, you know, some things start getting kind of crazy and things are revealed. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, it, it, it's interesting. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's one of those games where it's like, I'm trying to think of other ones that I've been slightly tricked into playing under the guys like this is a critically acclaimed game and you should play this and then it's like this was literally just an interactive storybook uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 fuck off I was thinking <laughs> <laughs> shots <laughs> hot take no the gameplay in Metal Gear Solid 5 is the only good part the story's fucking terrible oh that's right yeah it's I the, it's the opposite of all the other Metal Gears <laughs> It's the one where everything's fun, except it's not satisfying as a game, uh, as a story. Uh, I was thinking of, like, Gone Home. Um, Ooh. Did you, anybody play Gone Home, where you're exploring a spooky abandoned house, and through just lack of explaining what's going on, it seems like something spooky has happened. Your family's not here, and it's raining outside. You know, I thought maybe David would have played this one by now. David, you didn't play or hear of Gone Home? I was going to say, I've, I've definitely heard it. I've played a little bit of it, and I don't... I I haven't played enough to be able to counter your argument. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I, I know the full story of Gone Home because I got tired of playing it and decided to watch a movie of it because I figured out pretty quickly that it was an interactive storybook. Gone Home, it only seems creepy out of lack of explanation of what's going on. You think, oh, it's, you know, I'm playing a game, and this is an abandoned house, so, like... The parents must be dead, or I'm a ghost, or some shit. And it's like, actually, no. Like, your parents really aren't home, and you're just going around the house and finding mementos to piece a story together. And the story is, your older sister came out of the closet and left, and you miss your sister. And it's like, oh, well, that's kind of touching, but I feel like it's kind of missing something, uh, like being a game. Uh, same thing with <laughs> Oxenfree, like, this is interesting, there's dimensional shit and, like, looping time and spooky shit going on and, like, radio communication with possible ghosts, but, like, there's no real game play to speak of. It's a game, but is, is there a play? Like, it's, it's, it's a walking sim with dialogue trees and a radio dial. Like, hmm. it's, I don't know, it's odd. Uh, see, when you describe it like that, that, I get very interested. <laughs> I would see, love a that's walking the thing. Sim with dialogue trees. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's kind of interesting because, like, I, I, from what I understand, at the end of the game, you get graded or not graded, but like, 
there's multiple endings depending on how you interact with each one of your friends on the island. And it'll, like, say, like, I don't know if it collected, like, user data or something, but it'll give you, like, a little, like, chart. And it's like, you know, you and 30% of other players were, uh, you know, able to reconcile your friendship with so-and-so. Uh, you and 10% of other players, uh, you know, got this girl to, you know, see the error of her ways and start going out with this guy. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, depending on the options you choose, the, you know, the outcome's different. And, you know, the selfie you take at the end of the game, everybody's standing in different couples and things. So it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. But just not a whole lot of gameplay to hang on it. Like, you know, it's just, I don't know. I... I want to finish it because I feel like the story's kind of cool and I feel like they wouldn't have been able to push this game on me if it hadn't gotten at least some acclaim. But I just, you know, it's uh, just not a whole lot of game here. It's, it's just, an interactive experience. It sure is. Um, but it's cool. It's a cool interactive experience. Again, it's got, you know, an interesting art style. Like it's, you know, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh... It's reminiscent of, uh, did anybody back in the day own the Stinky Cheese Man, the book? Yeah, uh, yeah I remember that, yeah. With, like, kind of a paper-cut art style, like, and kind of a gross, like, grimy aesthetic to the pages. <laughs> like, yeah. It, you know, the landscape's reminiscent of that. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I like, I like my Stinky Cheese Man. Uh, and, you know, the dialogue's good. It's all well-acted. And the music's really cool. Like, the, you know, it's got some creepy synth. And when, obviously, when the radio st dial starts getting creepy, things get all warped and, like, the screen warps in cool ways. Like, there's some cool shit in play. But, eh, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's really something. To me, something being an interactive experience is not that great of a selling point. Because, like, going outside is an interactive experience. Going to a bar, you know, like, it you can't just, like, like it better be a compelling I, fucking story for me to just sit here and, like, do this, you know? <laughs> like, as opposed to actually a fun game or, like, a like a good movie or something. Like, you better... Have, if this is just going to be an interactive experience, it better be in the service of something really fucking good. So that's what I'm kind of hoping as I, you know, make it my mission to put the last couple hours into playing this. But I'm also going to be disappointed if I, like, get the bad ending... Or some shit, like, you know, because there are a bunch of branching paths, and it's like, okay, now see, I'm not going to have the patience to do this over again. Like, this game is clearly about, like, time rifts and dimensional shit, and if I turn out to beat this game and I was playing the bad ending or something, I ain't going back! <laughs> so, I just, uh, I, I don't know, it's, uh, it's really something. It's, uh, it, you know, I, I don't know. I, I can't, like I said, can't recommend it, because I haven't beaten it. And it's just, you know, I don't know. It's it's uh, just not a whole lot of game to it. I have the same problem with the movie Primer in that I, I love it, but I can't recommend it to anybody because I haven't seen it 40 times. I've only seen it 39 times, and I need to see it again because every time I see it again, I understand it just a little bit more and a little bit less at the same time. And this sounds like one of those games. Like, you play it again, and you're like, ah. <laughs> no, but see, it's, it's the thing. It's, it's not that quick of a game. I think it takes several hours to beat, and I'm not going to put several hours multiple times into it. So this is more like uh, I've watched half of the movie Looper, and I'm not sure if I'm going to finish it. And based on what I've played and watched, eh, maybe I recommend it. It seems like it's got some cool ideas in play, and Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt kind of look like each other. 
But I don't know, man. It's uh, it's up to you if you think this is for you. If you like synth music and creepy shit and, uh, you know, I don't know, Stranger Things-esque, like, uh, kind of sci-fi creep show stuff, then yeah, maybe give this game a try. If not, fucking do something else with your time. <laughs> and I wouldn't begrudge you at all. Like, <laughs> Here's the I'm... question. Yo. The question of the day. Is this game better or worse than Super Ghouls and Ghosts? <sighs> Ooh. Well, better. It's, de- it's decidedly easier because there's literally, like, no way to lose, to my knowledge. But there's almost no satisfaction yet in playing it because you don't have to do anything except walk around the island and dial that radio to listen to some ghoulies. Oh. That's my perfect punished. game. <laughs> so, yeah, actually, yeah, it, it, that is way better than Super Ghouls and Ghosts. <laughs> so, oh, here's an observation. Mm. Like, Johnny is notorious also for liking really hard games. Is he? But I've heard him talk about how he likes re- really hard games and stuff. Johnny's such a wild card. Yeah, He's like, all over the place, man. This game really appeals to me and doesn't appeal to me because on one hand, I hate stories, but on two, on the other hand, I love not having to do anything. So, like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to feel. I think you're supposed to have someone read a book to you. <laughs> that, uh, that sounds I think you found fetish. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone stomps on Johnny's balls and reads him a nice book. <laughs> but Oh, man. I got some yeah. website ideas now. Ooh, yes. <laughs> new new t-shirt ideas, too. David, yeah. are you choking down a response here, or uh, what's going on here? I, I see an angry, an anxious face. No. Okay. I have no comment. I think he's anxious <laughs> for us to move on to his game. That sounds like a hot take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ain't got nothing to say about Oxenfree. <laughs> Goddamn, John. Game five. <laughs>
This game has extensive voice acting. The male voice is provided by the developer's founder, while the female voice is provided by noted K-Rock DJ Nicole Alvarez. Who's finished Googling Nicole Alvarez? Oh, please, David, give us a little bit more credit than that. I used to ask Jeeves. Oh. So, John says... God, your handwriting is garbage. He has a drawing of a ghost and says something that looks like booms. Boo words. <laughs> Who earns? Uh, John Harrington and Jesse both have the correct answer. This is lit. So I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark here, which is appropriate considering the game. I'm the only person who's played lit. Is that correct? Is this about the band? Yeah. It's no surprise to me, David. Oh, After no. all, I am my own worst enemy. No, I'm not letting this happen. Because every no. now and then, I kick the living shit out of me. No. no. <laughs> Can we forget so, about no. the things I said when I was drunk? <laughs> David, I didn't mean I don't to... know that we can, John. I didn't mean to call you that. So, David, please tell me why God. you've chosen this you. game. Um, I chose this game mainly because, and I had a weird Mandela effect. Because your car's in the front lawn. Because, um, when the the theme came out of spooky games, like, alright, I just need to pick, like, a good, like, survival horror game. I don't really play a ton of those. Nope, But one game that fits that mold that I did really enjoy was Lit for WiiWare. And I was like, oh yeah, I want to play that. Wait, no, I can't. I've used that game before. And then I checked the list, and I haven't. And then it's like, oh, maybe maybe I discussed this on, like, a GTT Gems, which you can check out by joining patreon.com slash game that tune. And it turns out 
it hasn't been brought up there. It's like, I, as God is my witness, I've discussed this game before. I think, and surprisingly, <laughs> I never have. I think we almost brought it up. Like, I brought it up as like, a, oh, also this game. And you were like, oh, wait, no, that game was good. And then we just moved on. <laughs> like, it's like, well, too late. 2019's, you know, moving on from GTT Gems. Because I definitely remember this being on the list at some point, being like, I don't know what that is, but it's a WiiWare game, and we should talk about WiiWare games. Because if we don't talk about them, they're lost to history. So, you know, David, tell us what the deal is with Lit. So Lit was actually well, a really awesome game. Um, it is a survival horror puzzle game. It was developed by WayForward, and one of the things that I really enjoyed is... WayForward is known for, like, really elaborate sprite animations and, like, really oh, yeah. colorful graphics. Uh-huh. Uh, this game uses 3D models and has a very muted, dark color palette. Like, it's very uncharacteristic of a WayForward game. And that's something that I thought was cool. So, the basic plot is you star as this kid named Jake, who's a high school, like, goth emo student. Um, and his entire school has been taken over by shadows and monsters that live inside the shadows. So the whole goal is you're trying to bring light back. And that's kind of the irony of the game is like you're this bleak, emo, nothing has meaning, blah, sort of protagonist. A little, and like, a little you're the one who is reaction. <laughs> yeah, and you're the one who is bringing light back to the world. And now, I just want to so make sure like, I heard you correctly. This is a way forward game. And it's 3D models, and your main character is a guy? Uh, that is correct. That renders all the follow-up questions I normally have about WayForward Games moot. So, uh, you know, wow. Continue, David. Yeah, it has a very, like, uncharacteristic art style, and the whole goal is you're trying to, like, go through the school and rescue your girlfriend, and every single classroom is sort of divided up in a grid, and you can only move through beams of light. So it's a puzzle game. So like you go into a room and there's a like three beams of light. So you have to go and click on lights to provide like sources of light that you can stay in and be protected. You get a slingshot, you get cherry bombs, you know, stereotypical high school stuff. And you can use those to smash like windows to bring in light, which will bring in like beams of safe spaces that you can go into so it's basically like a trial and error game where you have to kind of navigate these rooms all by extending beams of light through them hmm so the light came in through the windows last night i feel like that's a reference to a song lyric that i'm not going to allow and you're gone okay no um forget it one of the things that I also thought was cool, because, again, you're trying to rescue your girlfriend, um, and at certain stages in the game, like certain classrooms, there will be a phone, and if you go up, you can pick up the phone as, like, an optional bonus, and your girlfriend will talk to you like, oh, Jake, I don't know what's going on, there's these weird things, I'm hiding out in the gym, but it was on WiiWare, so you control the game with the nunchuck controller to move around, and you can use the Wiimote to, like, point a flashlight. Every time you pick up the phone, you have to hold the Wii remote to your ear, and her voice comes through the speaker, so it actually nice. does sound like it's coming through a phone. Fun. Also a little bit annoying, <laughs> but fun. 
And as like an optional bonus, if you answer all of the phone calls, you unlock a special version of the game once you beat the game where you can play through the game as Rachel. And if you pick up the phone as Rachel, you pick it up and it's Jake calling like, hey, I'm trapped in the gym. What's going on? There's these weird monsters. Yeah, I'm sleeping with my you, clothes on. Please tell me you why. You have to marry Ross. Oh. No, you don't. Good. But Well, thank this, goodness. This game was a lot of fun, and I was sad that it was only on WiiWare. Um, Way4 did make a version on mobile, um, but it's a little bit different. Like, it does use kind of the more cartoony sprite graphics. It do- It is a bit more colorful, and the original game was kind of in, like, a third-person perspective, and the mobile version is, like, top-down grid-based, so it's it's slightly different. But it's still worth checking out, because it's a fun puzzle game. And again, hmm. it's a survival horror puzzle game. How often do you see something like that? Last uh, week. Frequently. That brings us to tonight's lightning round. Lightning round! I think the guy... Yeah. <laughs> There's no lightning round about survival horror puzzle games. Also, again, during David's game. (laughs) (laughs) David brings up these things that sound like they could be lightning rounds, but they're not. But Johnny plays things when I say say them. If it's the lightning round sound, if it's the space sound or the home improvement sound, he never plays it at the right time. But, you know, if I say lightning round, he just instinctively thinks that there's actually a lightning round. I support (laughs) that. Ah, man. Ain't I a stinker? Um... But yeah, no, I, I honestly, I'm a you know, survival horror with a puzzle element. No, I got I got nothing on that. I mean, unless you're counting the puzzle it's, element of, like, reorganizing your briefcase in Resident Evil, which is annoying. Uh, and it's not really the core of the gameplay. <laughs> so, no, not that. It's, I'm, I'm not going to lie, it's a little trial and error. Some, sometimes it can get a little, like, frustrating. But it is a really unique game, and it was super cool. And if I do, if you're interested in like horror or anything like that, I do recommend looking up the art of this game because the art is very uncharacteristic, and the bosses are super fucking creepy. Because you're in a high school, so the first boss is like a teacher, and it's just kind of like a pale woman with super long fingernails that kind of like claws at you. Ooh. There's a boss who's like a gym teacher that hurls dodgeballs at you, like, but they're all very eldritch horror monstrosities. Like, it's a super fucking creepy game. Yeah, I like it. I think it's cool. Yeah, it, it's something I wouldn't expect from Way Forward. I think that's uh, that's fun, man. You know, because. Yeah, like I said, I, I normally think of Way Forward making games in which he stars perky females in platforming situations, and uh, you know, starting as a weird goth kid who has to go through a horror school. It's like, oh yeah, that's something completely different. <laughs> like, yeah, who knew they had it in them? I'm so glad this was a success and not lost to mobile phones and WiiWare. Uh, I wish it was, uh, I wish WiiWare was still a thing. Why couldn't they bring that to the Switch instead of SNES games? Imagine fucking the weird response they would have gotten on that if they announced, like, you know, instead oh of God. SNES games, we're bringing all of WiiWare. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it, it would have blown some fucking minds. Nobody would have ever seen it coming. Like, we've got Contra Rebirth and we've got Lit! <laughs> and somewhere, someone would be like, Yeah! <laughs> 
<laughs> I love the idea of Nintendo making an announcement during a direct like, we know you've been having fun with NES Online. Now get ready for the next step. Right. WiiWare. Right. Wait, what? Yeah. We've got next quest, baby. <laughs> like, D- um, did you skip a couple steps? I just wish they would get back to this step. Like, how long is it going to take Nintendo to realize there's people out there with Wii nostalgia that want WiiWare games back? Like, I hope they retain the rights to these things. Like, I hope somehow putting it on WiiWare licensed it to Nintendo in perpetuity. So we eventually get our Castlevania and our Contra and our Gradius Rebirths, our various Bubble Bobble Pluses, and our Lits released for some future system. I mean, they need to bring these games back. They can't be lost to time. This is too strange to be lost to time. It's like, it's so of a time. It needs to be of all times. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm I'm getting more into this as we talk about it more. It seems like a fun game. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. The, the market for lit and Nick's quest on switch may be (laughs) me. But that market exists, because I exist, and I want that to happen. Exactly. Yeah. David's body is ready for the re-release of WiiWare on Switch. So, make it happen. Uh, checks notes. Uh, Yoshiaki Koizumi. Not Reggie anymore. Make it happen, whoever runs these things. Bring the WiiWare back. But, David, anything else on Lit? The, uh, you know, the one-hit wonder game... Um, for WiiWare, uh, in which you, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of more references to that awful song. Uh, it, it, it's probably best that you don't. I, I, it's, <laughs> it was a, it was a super fun game and it was super unique and I want to play the mobile version to see how it compares, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say, buy the mobile version. Mm-hmm. And you're gone. That's it. Johnny, start the calculating computer. Calculating computer activated. Computers, beeps. Oh, sorry, I was uh, checking up on the chat. What was that? Oops. Scoring complete. This game's winner is... John Harrington. Yeah! Ah, I like it. Good to be back in the winner's chair. That's what I call my chair every time I sit down and it. it's like, yeah, this this is the winner's chair. I'm winning tonight. You know, I'm feeling it. I'm really feeling it. Uh, especially when we're talking about spooky games. Such my is wheelhouse. That's why we can't see your hands. Exactly. Don't worry about it. I'm down here giving myself a double stranger. It's uh <laughs> it's great, man. Um but yeah, man, what a what a show, what a what a game. I did not think that I would get this many spooky games correct, but I think it was helped by the fact that we used two games from the Ghouls and Ghosts series. Uh so thanks to uh, you guys for uh you know, choosing these games and compiling these requests. I appreciate it. And I got a theme in mind for next week. Um you know, we're getting a uh, getting just past halloween which of course means christmas decorations are going up nationwide because this is america and time has no meaning anymore and uh so you know in that spirit christmas it's time for family and i want to talk about games family games and that could mean a number of things that could either mean games that feature characters that are a family games that are family games rated E for everyone or as the ESOP used to call it kids to adults 
uh, or you know, games that you played with your family, whether that was appropriate or not. I just want family is the theme for the next episode. Family games. So I think uh, I think I've given you guys enough leeway to come up with some great things and play some great games on next week's episode. So yeah, um, yeah, uh, you know, it's it's family time. For the next, uh, you know, whatever, uh, nine weeks or so, it's Christmas time, goddammit. And we're just going to you know, <laughs> be around our families. That's, that's what we do, right? We take vacations starting at Thanksgiving. We all go home and put up with our families for several weeks in the lead up to Christmas. Uh, I, I have a question. So, one, since when did Christmas start? Christmas stuff start, like, the day after Halloween? Brother! It's supposed to be the day after Thanksgiving, John. You are... No shit, not one... Have you not walked into a Walgreens, CVS, or Target lately? Like, nope. there is Christmas stuff next to the Halloween aisle. There was, at the Sam's Club in Tallahassee, no shitting, Christmas stuff next to the Halloween stuff at the end of August. <laughs> you know, I don't know what's going on with, like, you know, reality. Whether we're in some kind of crazy oxen-free time loop, horrifying alternate dimension, where for some reason people want to buy Halloween candy in August and also fake Christmas trees, because the candy's not going to taste real fucking good if you buy it in August and then give it to kids at the end of October, you fucking idiots. You know, I don't, I don't know what's going on with reality right <laughs> now. Like, you know. I think what's going on is Jesus is the reason for the season. And he's going to spread his season what? all up in the cheeks of the rest of the year. He's just, you know, extending that season. It's just getting deeper and deeper into my year. And eventually it's just always going to be Christmas. You know, he's uh, going to give someone else the nine inch nail. Exactly. That's what uh. it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Jeez, my no. Good night, everybody. Jesse, Jeez. no. <laughs> what? Oh, God. So, anyway, crucify, uh, bitch. It's, it's so. family time on next week's Game That Tune. So, it's time for family, not for Jesus sex jokes. Um, so, thank you all so much for listening it this could week. could be both. Uh, that's, <laughs> I think that's the. Mean, yeah, that's why I left the theme so loose. Is yeah, oh, maybe. The, I think that's the perfect segue. Just Jesus like is going to give somebody else the nine right? inches. So family. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, maybe your family sits around and makes awful Jesus sex jokes. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's not my family. Like I said earlier, Killer Instinct, evil. Uh, so no, <laughs> we don't talk about Jesus having sex. <laughs> but... Thank you all so much for listening. What a show tonight. What a great time. What a spooky show. Happy Halloween to all those listening on our uh, live show. We're live every Wednesday night. Twitch.tv slash Game That Tune. YouTube.com slash, Facebook, uh, slash Game That Tune. Facebook.com slash Game That Tune. We appreciate you guys joining us live. Thank you to everybody listening in podcast form. Uh, Johnny, what's the holiday for uh, uh, November the 6th uh, for people listening in podcast form? Dave Download. Uh, happy early John Regan's birthday. That's why you're listening. Hey. Um, yeah. So uh, thank you all for listening in podcast form. You can find us in uh, anywhere you get your podcast. Check us out. Game that tune. 
Give us a listen there. We appreciate you listening. Thanks to everybody checking out Patreon. Patreon.com slash Game That Tune. we got awesome exclusives. We've got GTT uh, gems. We've got Covered Up. We've got mixtapes. We've got little bonus post shows and whatnot. Uh, we just love uh, we love having you guys support us. We, uh, we really greatly appreciate it. Uh, special thanks to our super fan tier producers, Alex Messenger, Lance Revere, Damian Beckles, Bradford Stevens, uh, Mega XX Chrono XX, and of course, Daniel Perky. Uh, Daniel is one of our Patreon, like, super fucking primo producers. Johnny, am I right on that? Yeah, there's only four of those slots, and he's one of them. Yeah, he got it. So Daniel gets an extra perky perk. Uh, and Johnny, why don't you tell him what's going on with that perk? So, uh, one of the top tier perks is that you can, like, plug your thing on our show, and so... Nobody uh, noticed Daniel, this until now. <laughs> right? So, Daniel called in to our uh, Patreon hotline, left a voicemail for us to play, uh, plugging a charity that he's, that he's interested in. Hey, I want to just say happy Halloween to everyone. And I also wanted to let everyone know to... See if they can visit teamtrees.org to help donate money to plant 20 million trees by the end of the year. Yeah. You know, save the rainforest, whatever, you know, whatnot. But yeah, if you want to check it out, just go to teamtrees.org and uh, donate a little bit of money to help us get more trees on this earth. We breathe easier. Go plant a tree in the front yard. Who knows? But, uh, yes, thank you. And also, y'all all have a great day. That's yeah, fucking I was, awesome. I was looking this up. I think it's a dollar is a tree. And I believe they partnered with, uh, I think, the Arbor Day Foundation. Um, and basically, your donations go straight to that foundation. And uh, like I said, dollar per tree. So go do yeah. five bucks, you do five trees. No, it's fucking awesome. That's a that's a worthy cause. It's going in the show notes. And Johnny, our Patreon's been so successful. We have twenty million dollars to donate to this charity, so they can leave us alone, right? We do. <laughs> okay. Not. Thank God. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> no, I mean seriously. Uh, you know, of all the causes I support, uh, environmental causes are on the top of the list. So yeah, great, yeah. Uh, great use of our plug space. Thank you, Daniel, for that. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for being a super fan tier producer. Uh, special thanks to all of our requesters this week. Uh, they all sent us the same request for Super Ghouls and Ghosts, so fuck you all for that. But <laughs> they sent it to us via our Discord server, so check us out there. You can send us your request, GameThatTune at gmail.com. You can send us uh, requests on Twitter at GameThatTune, or you can find us individually on Twitter. I'm there at JGangsta187. You can find John Regan on Twitter at... JP Regan JR. You can find David Fleming on Twitter at... DFD Fleming. And you can find Jesse Moore on Twitter at Sega underscore legend. Hell yeah, guys. So we got bonus tunes. It's October 30th, the day before Halloween. So we got spooky tunes to finish out the month. And I think we've got something a little unprecedented, folks. We've got tunes from a game that hasn't even come out yet. How do we get these tunes? Secret game from that tune future. access. Ooh, spooky. Multiple dimensions and time loops and whatnot. We've got yeah. uh, some music from Luigi's Mansion 3. Uh, it's the lounge version of the Luigi's Mansion theme, which I assume plays in the hotel lounge in Luigi's Haunted Ass Hotel. So, uh, happy Halloween, uh, enjoy your October, and, uh, you know, peace out, everybody.
Splatterhouse 3 is copyright 1993 Namco Limited. Gargoyles Quest 2 is copyright 1992 Capcom Company Limited. Super Ghouls and Ghosts is copyright 1991 Capcom Company Limited. Oxenfree is copyright 2016 Night School Studio. Lit is copyright 2009 WayForward Technologies. I'm also like 100% positive that we didn't, I didn't put this up for the fan request. Well, you better get some trivia ready. Somebody who wasn't me. I know I was busy last week. Uh, had to miss the show, personal reasons. So someone chose this, and someone needs to give us a trivia hint rightish nowish. While I drink this beer. <laughs> I have no idea what game this is. <laughs> Everyone else knows. Seriously? Everyone else knows we're talking. Do you guys think I pay attention to our group chats? I <laughs> Hell yeah, guys. So we got bonus tunes. It's uh, as of this recording, the day before October. I think this might be unprecedented. <laughs> We've got uh, a game that has yet to be released that I'm going to play some bonus tunes for as of this Wait, recording. As of the hold on. What the fuck is the day before October? Is that what you just said? Today's the Man, day before October. I believe the day before October is September 30th. <laughs> it's the end of the show. And I'm, I'm rambling, baby. So let's do a fresh take of that. <clears throat> so, yeah, I've got the bonus tunes tonight. And uh, Johnny's got a big gaping butthole. 